It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, I know Denver paid Russell Wilson a lot of money. I know this. And Broncos fans aren't exactly mile high today. We fans are offensively spoiled these days. But Broncos country, it could be worse. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr. All right, it's Tuesday. That was a great Monday Night Football game. <laughs> so much to talk about. So little time. Let's get this thing started. NFL historians and lovers of sports history especially football, NFL that is. Welcome in, this show is for you, you guys and you gals. If you already know this stuff, then that's great. You know, congratulations. But this show is for those who don't know as much about NFL history. So we're here to do three, uh, three things, three things. That is to enlighten, teach, and learn. This is the Behind the Mic Podcast. I am your host, Michael Neal Jr. This show is presented by Belly Up Sports, the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. BellyUpSports.com. Typing in there, HTTP, was it colon, forward slash, forward slash? Yeah, go to that website, click on it, read the stories, listen to the shows, especially mine. You can catch us all on our home base of Spreaker. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Also, all your favorite podcasts, you know, your ways you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, as well as YouTube. So, all right, so... Is it just me or there are a lot of kickers that are hurt this year? It's just a thought that I had go through my mind over this weekend. It's, it seems like there's more than there actually is. So it was what? Uh, the Chiefs, Harrison Bucker, his replacement kicked, what, a franchise record 59-yard field goal yesterday. That was great. But Harrison Bucker, he's been out because of an ankle. Uh, Jake Elliott of the Eagles. Matt Prater of the Cardinals. Boy, they could have used him yesterday. Well, excuse me, Sunday, that is. Um, and I think uh, guys like, who is it, Carol Santos and 
uh, of uh, Chicago and Bradley Pinion of Atlanta. I think they were out for personal reasons. I don't even know if they're back yet. I can't even remember. Um, Robert, uh, lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Robbie Gold looks like he hurt his shoulder on Sunday. It just it just seemed to me like there's a lot. A lot that was going on with kickers. Kickers and punters, especially kickers. But anyway, I mean, and even the ones that's on the field, it seems like every other game, well, at least and this is every week, not every other week, every other game, somebody's missing not only a big field goal, but they're missing these extra points. It's the reason why they moved it back, make it more interesting. All right, so let's get into it. The rundown, week five, Thursday night football, Colts at Broncos. I don't know how many the week before, we're listening to the Amazon Prime commercial and the guys going, you know, about the horsepower. The horse- wow, there was a lot of horsepower in that game Thursday night winning. <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. It was god-awful. I mean, what else are you going to say? So the Broncos, they're kicking a bunch of field goals, and they can't move the ball. And even when they move the ball, Russell Wilson is throwing it to the other team. He looks, he looks really bad. And it looks like the Seahawks were right in allowing him to walk. Personally, I think if he had stayed, he'd been better off. He wanted to move on, you know, throw the football a little bit more, and it's not working out right now. I know it's a new offense and all of that. Maybe it helped to be able to hand the football off a little bit more. And he's got a pretty stout defense, but they can't score. They're not scoring any touchdowns. That's the problem. You know, he's kicking a lot of field goals. It looked a little better the week before. And then, you know, last Thursday, it, and then they give up the lead on top of that. So it, it was it was not it was not great. It was not great. And they actually are kind of the focus of the show. You know, Broncos fans, it actually could be ro- uh, worse. Colts fans, not much better for you guys either, right? Let's move to Sunday. London games, football for breakfast, the Giants and the Packers. Hey, look, Brian Dayball is a real head coach. I love that dude. As a, he, he can coach, man. I love that dude. I wish he was coaching my team. Um, not saying that Mike Tomlin can't coach, but th- this guy gets it, and he figures things out offensively to get his team to win these games, and they're doing it. I mean, the Packers, they blew a 20-10 to 10 halftime lead. So and this is what I was thinking about. While the Giants, you know, this is before the half, they're throwing all these short passes, and they're throwing these screens, to Saquon Barkley and he's getting tackled for losses and things like that. I'm thinking, okay, I understand that they're having to do some of these things because of the, because of the injuries. But man, and they're trying to definitely protect their quarterback. I mean, so Daniel Jones, he definitely had, you know, the the ankle injury and I mean, he played and he played pretty well. He played pretty well and they had to get the ball out of his hands. I was surprised I think it was in the fourth quarter. They actually called a running play for him. I'm like, okay, oh, that's dangerous. As soon as he got the snap, it's like a quarterback keep around the left side. And I mean, but they got it done. You know, the Packers defense, they were all over the Giants offense. But then the second half happened. 
and the Giants offense, they scored 17 unanswered points. And the defense stands tall. You know, A.A. Ron gets the football back. And, you know, they bat down two big passes, even on fourth down. They take a safety, you know, and that was pretty much the game. 27-22 Giants. You know, congratulations, cheerio, and all of that. So we moved to Sunday morning, well, more the noon games, Seahawks at Saints. Taysom Hill. What else should I say? What, what else can I say? You know what it reminds me of? Just watching that game, he's like that kid that literally did everything, you know, in high school. He's playing quarterback, fullback, and running back, and receiver, and tight end, and linebacker. And he's literally doing everything. So the only thing he, the only thing that Hill doesn't do for the Saints is play defense. And he would probably be good doing that too. But Sunday, he accounts for four touchdowns. He runs for three, throws for one. And I always seem to run, you know, refer back to this with Terrell Davis. Running the football can be like a slow death sometimes. You know that it's coming and you can do nothing to stop it. Third and one, fourth quarter, they're down by a point and the Saints, they line up with Taysom Hill in the backfield, in the shotgun. You know he's taking the football to snap, much like Daniel Jones did on Sunday morning at 8.30 in the morning. Hill is lined up and you know what's coming. 60 yards later, <laughs> touchdown. I mean, what else do you do? There's nothing you can do. And Gino, man, just throw the football away. You're trying to do too much. Just throw it away next time. He knows what I'm talking about. Steelers at the Bills. All right, so, I mean, I'm not saying as a Steelers fan, I didn't see that coming. 38 to three. What, what else is going to happen? We can't run. The Steelers cannot run the football, period. And I hate saying this. I'm almost kind of giving up. Definitely fantasy-wise, I'm really looking at my team situation right now because I have Najee Harris as one of my running backs, and I've started him every week, and I can't do these six-point games anymore. We get down, and, you know, unless we play someone that stinks or their run defense stinks, I'm putting him on the bench. I don't care how many points they put up there to say that he's supposed to get. He's not doing that. They're not, they can't run the football. They can't run the football. I mean, you got a rookie quarterback uh, in Pickett. He had, you know, he had a 300-yard game. Yeah, but, I mean, the Bills defense, even though they were missing some starters, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And I can still smell my defensive backs all the way, you know, from Buffalo here in Nashville. The, man, Gabe Davis, whoa, can you toast toast and Minka Fitzpatrick got that football just taken from him oh, I thought he was going to make a big play but offensively they can't score any points 30 to 3 you know 98 yard touchdown catch a 62 yarder that one was worse anyway moving on and, oh yeah my Steelers are 1 and 4 and I can't wait to watch this Sunday coming up though Bills and Chiefs yeah that's going to be a good one Lions at the Patriots you got one of the highest scoring offenses in the league but the worst defense they can't they couldn't do anything on sunday though belichick had them figured out he had hulk hogan and those detroit lions figured out uh they got shut out in new england 29 to nothing love the throwback jerseys uh the pats they ran the football i told you didn't i tell you last week they probably gonna be running the football a little bit more it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out uh you know you have bailey zappy you know you got the rookie quarterback and he, he had a decent game you know so, Madre Stevenson, when he runs for 161 yards, that's going to help. Um, 
scored you know the defensive touchdown they kicked a bunch of field goals the Patriots did and they got their first win at home congratulations Titans at Commanders has anybody seen that movie Wanted the one with uh, James McAvoy Angelina Jolie Morgan Freeman Common you know it's about the the secret society of basically assassins and there's a part where McAvoy's character Wesley Gibson he's taking pills for like panic attacks and his boss just got on his case and as she goes away because he's I'm sorry I'm sorry you know and he's sweating profusely she goes away and he's without taking water he pours a bunch of pills in his hand and he just takes them and he's fanning and there's a gif of that too I love using it and it's fanning that that's what Titans fans are doing at the end of every football game they are hyperventilating and they are gagging themselves with panic attack pills because that's what the that's what the Titans do to them every week. They're sweating and they're fanning every single week. If you didn't see the game, all right, the Titans won 21 to 17. Fourth quarter, the Titans defense once again saves the day with a game ceiling interception at the goal line. I told you about giving the football to that boat, big robot offensively. So Derrick Henry, every time he touches the ball 20, 25 times, most of the time the Titans win. They win. And man, uh, Talk about a 1-0 team that is reeling. They are 0-4. Washington. And, um, yeah, Carson Wentz isn't exactly helping. And, I mean, it, it was tough. Uh, the analysts said they didn't like the play calls at the goal line. But, I mean, that's what it was. Chargers at Browns, one of the most exciting games of the day. I think it was, what, 30-28? to 28? Uh, At least until Monday night, that is. 30-28 final. Another week, another Cade York missed field goal. He tried a 54-yarder. Truth be told, Brandon Staley's squad got blessed. If you don't know anything about it, he went the analytics route. He's going for it on fourth down and one with a minute and 14 left. And he throws a pass that, you know, is incomplete. And you give the Browns the ball back, and they didn't have to go that far. They didn't move the football that far. But, I mean, they missed the game-winning field goal potential game-winning field goal you know Austin Eckler thank you though 173 yards rushing he scored twice once receiving I lost all three of my fantasy games just a note mm. Bears at Vikings this week Justin Fields he looked pretty good and almost you know brought his team back for a win Minnesota they was cruising cruising they was what 20 up 21 to 3 Chicago scores 19 straight points they have a one-point lead Kirk Cousins scores a good go-ahead touchdown they throw a two-pointer to Justin Jefferson but the Bears get the ball back. They're marching, marching, marching. Don't remember the receiver's name, all right? But Vikings corner, who looks like he kind of missed the tackle at first, still comes back up from behind. Cameron Dantzler takes the ball away, and he just took that W from the Bears. Wow. Now, they have the division lead at 4-1, and one, thanks to Green Bay's loss during breakfast time. Dolphins at Jets. I mean, what are you supposed to do? You're down to your third-string starting quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. He gets sacked. In, uh, by Sauce Gardner. Safety's on the play because they called him for intentional grounding. Apparently, he wasn't exactly concussed, passed all the tests, but because the spotters saw this and the world's eyes and cameras are on the Dolphins because of what happened with Tua, he says, no, he can't play. And so they're down to their third string quarterback. And um, I mean, they had a chance to win the game at one point. They were only down 19 to 17. And, you know, there you go. <laughs> and a landslide happened. Uh, uh, after they, they got a uh, 
what the Dolphins kicker Jason Sanders he misses a 55 a 54 yarder to potentially take the lead and then invest what they fumble on another possession 21 points later they lose 40 to 17 congratulations to the Jets Falcons at the but uh the Bucks okay everybody's talking about the Brady Jarrett <laughs> sack that wasn't and look what are you supposed to say I was watching Sunday Night Football by the way okay pre-game with Maria Taylor, Chris Sims, Tony Dungy. I couldn't agree more with Dungy and Sims. They have that emphasis on player safety, but you know, you have an overreaction by referee Jerome Boger. This is the second week in a row they said he's done this, you know, called a roughing the passer penalty against defenders on sacks. And it was not, it was not roughing the passer. The week before, it was Josh Allen being brought down by one of the Ravens defenders and it wasn't even it was that one was even lighter than what happened with Brady and Jarrett and he's throwing these flags and it's it's just it's pitiful it's pitiful we'll get to the other one you know what we're going to talk about but Tampa Bay they should have been punting because they was up 21 to nothing and then Mariota and the Falcons they they scored 15 straight points and I think that they would have made a game of it they had a potential to win that football game and it got taken away from them because that was a third down sack and they ended up keeping the ball and running out the clock. You know, so there you go. Okay, other than that, I could talk about the supposed boy that got tackled by security. They ran onto the field and the fact that Brady improves now to 11 and 0, yes, including the Super Bowl against Atlanta in his career. Texans at Jaguars, simple. <laughs> the Texans won the game 13 to six, but did you see that run? But Damian Pierce, he broke about 80 tackles. The first win for uh, for the season for Houston. He did that for the Texas fans. He did that for his squad. Moving to the afternoon, Cowboys at Rams. The Rams offense is so different when you can't run the football. And I'll keep saying it. It's also very different when there's no OBJ or Andrew Whitworth to block for, uh, for Matt Stafford. Then the Stafford, speaking of, to Cup, Stafford, to Higby, I mean, or it's it's that or nothing. And that's it's not it's not aging very well. Dallas, they had five sacks. Can I interest you in some Micah Parsons? Even though he was slipping, he was still, you know, after that whole defense, they scored a defensive touchdown on Sunday. And Cooper Rush, he improves to 5-0 in his career, 4-0 this season. He's still not the franchise, y'all. Don't, don't let them fool you. Eagles at Cardinals. I don't understand fashion, but I'm pretty sure that the Cardinals losing that game to the Eagles on Sunday uh, had less to do with the fact that Matt Prater was not there to kick the potential game-winning field goal, uh, nor did it have to do with Kyler Murray sliding a couple inches before he picked he saw that he could pick up the first down i think it has something to do with what he wore pre-game what was that if you didn't see it i mean google Kyler murray pre-game fit you know for the eagles game he had a lime green something he looked like he was getting ready to go seen and those shoes oh god and i i i i, I promise you you can see you know they had a frozen picture and whoever was in the back they were smiling real big. I think they were talking about them. I think they were laughing. I would have been too. I would have had to run from that camera. But the Eagles, you know, nice job. They improved the 5-0. and <laughs> This was interesting. 49ers at Panthers. There was two things. So I, I go through, and I have all the games listed, and I take my notes 
as I'm watching all these games, you know, and, and I go back and I look at some things and I'm always watching, uh, and, you know, and, and watching live, you know, in game. And then I pick up some things and I'm taking notes. Well, one of the things I do is some of the first things that pops in my head, I'll write it down. I don't care if it's, you know, about the show or about a game or whatever, I write it down. And sometimes I may see where it's going to fit. The first two things that popped in my well, the first thing that I when they when the 49ers scored that final touchdown, that final nail in the coffin, because it wasn't much of a game against the Panthers. Two things I said I was willing to guarantee. One, whether it's later on this season or next year, Baker Mayfield will be a backup quarterback. Two, and I hope he gets better, by the way. He's, you know, I guess he hurt his ankle or foot. Two, and most important, Panthers head coach Matt Rule will be back in college football real soon. God, I hate being right sometimes. I'm not wishing that people get fired, but then Monday, uh, Monday, you know, during sometime during the mid morning, you know, you get in the ESPN alerts. Yeah, Matt Rule has been fired. <laughs> so, <laughs> what three years into a seven year uh, contract, and um, it's I can't be surprised. He was 11 and 27 in three years. And the Panthers offensively, outside of Christian McCaffrey, they're just a bunch of guys, really. I don't mean to be mean, but Rule, just like any coach before him or even after him, he, he just like the next guy before him, they need a quarterback. Sam Darnold wasn't and still isn't the answer, okay? Baker Mayfield, he needed, just like in Cleveland, to be surrounded by, you know, a good defense, a strong running game, and everybody needs an offensive line. They tried with the left tackle they selected out of, I can't pronounce his name, out of uh, North, Carolina, uh, North Carolina State. But, uh, I mean, what, what, what are you supposed to do? And Mayfield, by the way, I mean, he walks, talks, acts, and even had commercials like a franchise quarterback when he was in Cleveland. Notice there's no more at home at Baker Mayfield. But it, it's all a mirage. It's all a mirage. I mean, he's, he, he looks the part and he acts the part but he doesn't always play the part. Sunday night football, Bengals at Ravens. The Ravens are not very good at holding the lead. They were up 10 nothing. I know it was kind of early in the game, and they were down 17 to 16 in the fourth. Of course, they took, you know, they took the points. John Harbaugh, he's a smart coach. He took the points at times. He even kicked a couple field goals. That you know, it's like, okay, don't go for it. Just go ahead and take the points. And they were they were up 16 to 10. Of course, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they drive down, they take the lead with 17. Or what, 17 to 16. And of course, I mean, you knew that Lamar Jackson would pick up their one vital first down, which he did. Eventually, they were going to kick this field goal with their Hall of Famer, Justin Tucker. And he won the game. Once again, 17 for 17 in the final minutes in this kind of situation for his career, I believe. Unfortunately for Cincinnati, they are two and three. All three of their losses have been ended. They all ended with a kick. A kick. The Steelers, Cowboys, and now the Ravens. Ouch. Monday Night Football, Raiders and Chiefs. Chiefs, they won a great Monday Night Football game, 30-29. to 29. Too many storylines in that game. Uh, if you didn't see it, you got to go back and watch it. I'm sure NFL Network will play it. They were down Kansas City 17 to nothing and a half. I mean, excuse me, um, 17 to nothing, you know, midway going into the, you know, in the second quarter. They did score a touchdown. They had a chance to potentially score some more points. Instead, it got taken away from them. Chris Jones is sacked, yes, just like Grady Jarrett, just like the Ravens defender on Josh Allen the week before that. Thanks a lot, Jerome Boger. <laughs> but I mean, not only did Chris Jones take the football away on the hit, he was putting his hand down to brace himself from the fall. And the referee, 
he says that oh, he landed with all his weight on him. No, he did not. He had the football. And I agree with Chris Jones and anybody else that says it, they need to do replay for these for these plays. You got to stop taking these games away or potential of, of, of things to happen, these things. for What are they supposed to do? They're playing football. They're playing football. They already got rid of the Pro Bowl because nobody was tackling. Are you going to do that here? You can't do that, the football, because football will cease to be football, and there's no sense in even playing the game if people cannot be tackled. I'm just I'm just here to say that. Other than that, Josh Jacobs, he was ripping the Chiefs a new one. Uh, he was after, what, almost what seven over seven yards of carry. Devontae Adams, he only caught three balls with two bombs for touchdowns. I can still smell the Chiefs secondary as well. And Travis Kelsey, seven catches, only 25 yards with four touchdowns. What was that, a Monday Night Football record? I mean, uh, who has 25 yards and four touchdowns? I mean, you don't see that very often. And then you got the two-point conversions. Take, just take the points, uh, Josh McDaniels. Just take the points. Kick the extra point, and maybe you're still playing. You're, you're moving the football, okay? You're moving the football. So, and Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, yeah. Devontae should have got out of his break a little bit sooner and been out of there, and Renfro was running it out. They collide on the last play on fourth down. They didn't have a choice. They had to go for it there, but, you know, uh, man. It didn't end like it did the the play uh what uh the plays earlier when they went forward on fourth down and Adams torched that poor cornerback uh, for that touchdown and uh, I'm glad that I saw the other angle of the shove at the end of the game I do just he was frustrated I'm glad he he um actually apologized you know right after the game uh I did read on Twitter that the guy that got shoved is pressing charges or whatnot he did run in front of Devontae Adams. He just jumped out, jumped in front of him out of nowhere. Adams was already pissed. And, you know, it was a reaction. The bad re or the wrong reaction, but a reaction nonetheless. Anyway, that's it for that. So I don't want to call our generation spoiled. Offensively spoiled, that is. But my message to Broncos fans, it could be worse. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I 270 and MD 85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1 800 GAM. So this week, I struggled trying to figure out a subject for the week, and I try to flow with the news a little bit more. I do have shows that's already loaded to go, um, but I always try, to, if I can make some last minute, you know, things and put something together, I want to kind of flow with something, especially if it's kind of historical or 
if it's something that you know just pops in my head and I want to you know I'll probably do some more player profiles and things like that and we've done about teams you know the team the good teams and the bad teams you know throughout the history of the league I haven't hit the 90s yet we haven't even finished the 80s <laughs> so I got you know other teams are going to be talking about and um but this one after that Russell Wilson and them booing I mean they the fans were so upset if you did not see the game the Broncos fans at the end of regulation when the Colts tied the football game and they're going into overtime, the Broncos fans had had it. Boo, boo, boo. And they were walking out. They left the game. They left. They left. They didn't even bother to watch overtime. A good a good piece of those fans left the game. <laughs> I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before. I cannot ever. I've watched football for a long time. I've never seen that before. I mean, I've seen, you know, Spurrier punt on third down because his offense has been so bad, but I've never seen fans leave when they could potentially win a football game. They were just that fist. I'm sure that there's something else worse. I'm sure there is. There always is. But, you know, to be fair, you know, you you think about, you know, the way that uh, offense is these days, you know, you have – levels of and averages of what teams are expected to do on at least on average the nfl offensive average according to statista in 20 uh, 2020 2021 season the average passing yards for any just average 234 yards a game rushing 117 yards a game denver on this past Thursday, they had 250 yards passing and 125 yards rushing. Indianapolis, they only threw for 200 yards and they ran for 160, but yet they won the football game. Stats lie. Numbers lie. Yes, they do. Um, so we can see that. We can't depend on just pure numbers. But the fact was that there were no touchdowns scored. That's the whole problem. And really, the real problem is, is that Russell Wilson got paid a lot of money and they gave up a lot to bring this man in to turn this offense around, okay? That is the reason why they are booing. They expect more from this guy who is a Hall of Fame fame quarterback to be, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, okay? He's a good quarterback. He's just not playing very well right now, and I totally understand that. But as of Tuesday, this is what's even worse, and this is the problem. All the games are in the books, the Colts and the Broncos have the least amount of touchdowns scored this season. They are tied after five weeks of football with six touchdowns total apiece. That's rushing and receiving. Now, Pittsburgh only has seven touchdowns all season. Chicago, Dallas, Houston, and the Rams all tied with eight. Carolina has nine, and they've already fired their head coach. Records speak for themselves. And here's the crazy part, because Dallas is 4-1, and one, and they've got one of those eight touchdowns. Uh, they've only scored seven Offensive touchdowns. So it, it just depends on how you're doing. You know what I mean? You win games how you can win games. And you don't necessarily have to be the highest scoring offense. But, I mean, it helps. It does help. It, with all the Cooper Rush hype, you know, he played against a real defense on Sunday. And them boys was after him, but they got it done. The defense did a good job on the Rams offense. That's the reason why they're both down there tied uh, pretty much with the amount of touchdowns they scored. But it got me to thinking about the worst offensive performances in NFL history. And then I'm like, what about the worst offense or offenses 
in NFL history. I went to a Reddit post that someone actually mentioned the 92 Seattle Seahawks. They were 2-14. and 14. They were the second worst offensive as far as points per game, second worst offense in the history of the league. They only scored 8.8 points per game. That was Tom Flores. This is after the Raiders, after the Super Bowls, you know, and before. You know, this is after all of the great stuff that he did in the 80s. Um, they were last, obviously, in offense. This team, if any Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawks fans are listening, this was the Chris Warren, the Kelly Stouffer, the Stan Galbaugh team, John L. Williams, Brian Blaze. This is a year after, if you ever play Tecmo Super Bowl, you know, the, the, the second one, uh, so, excuse me, Super Tecmo Bowl. Super Tecmo Bowl was the second one that came out on Nintendo. You have a lot. That was the 91 season, but this is, you see some of these guys on that roster. Brian Blades, Tommy Kane, Cortez Kennedy, Eugene Robinson. The offense was terrible. They had two guys that were, were Pro Bowls, and I think uh, it was Cortez Kennedy and, and um, was it Eugene and Cortez? I think it was. And I think Cortez was an All-Pro that year, but the team was terrible. They were 2-14. and 14. They couldn't score any points. But let's go backwards. 1976. Expansion teams, the Seattle Seahawks at the time, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were born. The Seahawks actually, I didn't know this, that the Seahawks actually played in the NFC West and the Buccaneers were in the AFC West. They pretty much switched conferences. Seattle moved to the AFC West. They joined the Broncos, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Raiders. Tampa played in the NFC Central. They moved there with the Bears, Packers, Vikings, and Lions. That's the old alignment, okay? The New Orleans Saints, who came in, what, 1967, they suffered 20 consecutive losing seasons. They were bad, all right? What the Buccaneers, they dropped a league record 26 straight games when they came into the league. The first year for the Buccaneers turned out to be the worst offense in NFL history, and that was before the 77 team. But just to give you a little background, they hired John McKay, who was a great College Football Hall of Fame head coach, okay? College football coach. He was at USC from 1960 to 1975. He got the, the uh, Trojans to eight Rose Bowls. Five of those, they took it all. They took the Rose home, okay? So they won it. And also, they were four-time national champs. They ended up with the first overall pick, them being the expansion team. I think it was, I don't know if it was a coin flip or not. I think it was between them and the Seahawks. They won it. And they selected Leroy Selman, who was a pro football Hall of Famer, and ended up being defensive end from out of Oklahoma. They traded with San Francisco, and, and they've made some other moves. Obviously, they had the expansion draft to get some, some veterans on, the, on that team. And one of those guys out of San Francisco, they gave up uh, one of their two second, one of their second round picks for Steve Spur, the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from out of Florida, right? The Tampa Bay Bucks, yeah, they were an expansion team period, point blank, and it showed. The 76 season was bad. They didn't score any points until week three. They kicked three field goals, courtesy of the kicker at the time, Dave Green, and this was against the Buffalo Bills and a 14-9 loss. Their first touchdown was scored in the fourth quarter against the Baltimore Colts the next week. They were down 42-3, and their, uh, the Buccaneers defensive back, his name was Danny Reese. He returned a fumble 44 years, uh, 44 years, 44 yards. It was a scoop and score. Almost 44 years. I'm 45 years old. I was born in 77. Anyway, later on in that game, they scored their first offensive 
touchdown. And that was on a Charlie Davis one-yard run. Okay, so after getting blank 21 to nothing in Cincinnati, Tampa lost at home 13 to 10 in what is deemed, it was deemed as the expansion bowl, all right, quote unquote. And that was they were playing against the Seahawks. They got their first win of the season. They got their first touchdown pass, and it wasn't even the quarterback that threw it. It was actually thrown by a running back, Lewis Carter. He threw it to receiver Morris Owens. And then finally in week seven, the first touchdown pass in Bucks history was thrown by Parnell Dixon, one of the few black quarterbacks that got to play in the NFL at the time out of Mississippi Valley State. Go Devils, go Devils. The uh, 1976 Bucks, they finished the season 0-14. We hadn't got to the 16-game regular season yet, okay? It included five shutouts. And of course, other, quote, defeated teams in NFL history since the merger include the 08-1 Baltimore Colts in 1982. Then, of course, you had the 08 Detroit Lions and the 2017 Cleveland Browns. They lost all 16 of their games. The 76 squad, they averaged 8.9 points per game, third fewest in a single season since the merger. And, of course, like I said, the 9-2 Seahawks, they were uh, uh, a point worse. Not a full point. 76 Buccaneers. They lost eight games by 20-plus points. They were outscored by 287 points, an average of 20.5 points per game. That's bad. That's bad. Three of their games were decided by seven points or fewer. The 1976 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they would go down in history as the worst team in NFL history. You know, see NFL films and, you know, the NFL network. But offensively, you know, they, they were they were they were bad. But the 77 team were worse. Yeah, they won two games. They finished the season two and 12. But... Not only did they lose their first 12 games, they only scored 53 points in those games. 53. And 23 of those came in week five against, guess who? The Seattle Seahawks. You do the math. You do the math. They were shut out six times. And what's more, they had a 17-7 win at home against the St. Louis Cardinals in the season finale, the final, final week, okay? Go back to week two. They lost to Minnesota 9-3 at home. Five of those six shutouts were all at home. The 77 Buccaneers scored a grand total of 20 points all season long in front of their fans. P.U. That that's an offense that stinks. Okay, I understand it's the 70s. And yes, I'm kind of talking to Broncos fans here. But 20 points? 20. 20 points. They stunk. Try all uh try all year. They scored seven offensive touchdowns all year long. Seven. Seven. That's bad. In all, the 77 Bucks, they averaged an NFL worse in the history of the league. 7.4 points per game. Yeah. Lowest in league history. That's bad. And according to uh, Don Banks of The Athletic, he had a lot of great stories from the inside. And you you had a lot of the players just reading the whole article. You know, the players talked about that 77 team uh, from a lot of different perspectives. You had uh, John McKay's son that uh, spoke, because he was 
he was like in high school going off to college or whatnot at one point he was a ball boy in 76 he was 18 years old at the time and they lost every game right and then from college he was watching from afar and it's like oh my god you know his father had to endure a lot of stuff not used to losing you come from college and you you're used to winning and winning big and your players are going to the league and which is part of the problem for John McKay because a great a quote as great of his his quotes were and we'll do a show on him alone but I mean he tried to run that USC offense and a lot of the players according to that article is like that pitch sweep doesn't work here you have to be a little bit more uh you got to open things up a little bit more you can't run that same college stuff here remember people nothing new under the sun okay uh they was running that usc offense and that's why it wasn't working gary huff who was one of the quarterbacks that played especially at 76 oh, excuse me the 77 season he was bad okay we'll give you his numbers but he and the rest of those quarterbacks numbers together he tore cartilage in his sternum and it was so bad and the, the fans pretty much were so displeased with mr huff they cheered while he was down. The fans, they cheered while he was down. Kind of like the Philadelphia fans did when Michael Irvin was being wheeled out, you know, after he had almost broke his neck, you know, pretty much and ended his career on that turf. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it was it was a bad season. Just imagine from the inside, John McKay, I read he broke his hand on the blackboard. Look what you made me do. I think I broke my wrist. He broke, he broke, and it never healed right. <laughs> <laughs> never, I think he never went to go get a seat about or something like that, but it never healed right. They lost to uh, Washington week four, and he was just that, you know, you know, he was just just that frustrated. But that team, they talk about mainly just how good, how great they were defensively, which explains how they ended the 70s. But their offense was just that inept. They were good defensively. They scored four defensive touchdowns. Uh, in 77 they had no offense the Bucks D they only allowed 223 points the whole season long 15.9 16 points per game all right just under 16 at home they only allowed 11 but they lost you know they got shut out five times you can't win that way and look finally their first win they talked about um Archie Manning and uh, Archie Manning and the um Saints they were struggling too um and I'm going to read this straight from that article from Don Banks. What Manning actually said was that it would be a disgrace to be the first team to lose to the 0-26 Bucks. And just to give some context, there was some little, uh, he had a, a, um, uh, a quote that got back to the Bucks and, and, and that in McKay and his squad. Basically, yeah, it would be bad if we lose to that team. I mean, duh. But, you know, they use that as uh, fuel, right? So, whatever the motivation, it was finally the Bucks' day in the Superdome in Week 13. Tampa Bay blasted the 3-9 and nine Saints who were on an 11. They were an 11-point favorite at home. Fittingly, the defense keyed the 33-14 win interception, uh, interception, intercepting six passes, returning three for second half touchdowns the defense outscored the offense that day wow still um huff hit receiver morris morris owens on a five-yard touchdown pass for tampa bay's only offensive touchdown and green converted field goals of 40 and 25 
Two weeks later, the Saints fired future Hall of Fame head coach Hank Stram, ending his NFL career. <laughs> Ron Wolf, yeah, he said this in his article in the win. The New Orleans defense outscored the defense. You know, they had those two pick sixes. That's a great uh, trivia question. It is. Don Coryell, he was fired in St. Louis because the week after, uh, the uh, the uh, Buccaneers, they beat St. Louis. And that got him fired. That's how he ended up with the uh, Chargers eventually. The 1976 quarterback situation was not great. You had Steve Spurrier, who basically got forced into retirement because from according to that Banks article, it's like, that's why I got into coaching because I knew I could do better than what John McKay was doing. <laughs> but uh, Pernell Dickinson and Terry Hanratty, this group had eight touchdowns and 18 interceptions. Try the 77 team on for size. This is three more guys. Gary Huff, Randy Hedberg, and Jeb Blount. Three touchdown passes, 30. Yes, you heard that right. 30 interceptions. Oh, my God. So, Broncos fans, yeah, it could be way worse, okay? I know you want this guy to perform, and I believe he will once they get things together. Um, and he's got a, a, tear, a torn lat, something like that. I don't know. Is that in his throwing shoulder? I don't know. Whatever it is, hopefully he heals up. Anyway, but the Buccaneers, they, they finally got some things fixed up, but not only did John McKay change his offense and make it a little bit more open and innovative, the 1978 draft brought in Doug Williams. Yeah, they went 5-11 that season, but that next year in 79, they went to 10-6. They won the NFC Central, and they were in the NFC Championship. Barely lost to the, uh, the uh, LA Rams. Right, go figure. That's it. References. That's it. <laughs> Thanks to ESPN.com, ProFootballReference.com, and also the TheFootballDatabase.com. God, some of these good teams. They've fallen off the wagon. They got to score some touchdowns. That's what I learned. Uh, the Athletic, Don Banks dated December 18th, 2017. The worst offense in NFL history in the words of those who, <laughs> unfortunately, lived through it. Also, BetGM.com, uh, 12 worst NFL offensive performances of all time. That was written by Sam Herter, March 21st, 2022. And also, Statista.com. This was published by Christina Go, uh, March 21st of this year, 2022. The NFL, all right, development of average yards per game over time from 1950 to 2021. And also, finally, NFL Films. It was you know, originally put on by TNT. Man, I still love watching this. 75 seasons, the story of the NFL. That was back in, what, 1995. And that has been the Behind the Mic Podcast. I am your host, Michael Neal Jr. Yes, I'm raising my hand right now saying thank you, everybody, for listening. Presented by Present Belly Up Sports. Also, the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. You can catch us all through Spreaker. And, of course, I want you to go to that website, bellyupsports.com. Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and whatever you love to listen to your favorite shows. Tell your friends and family about this show in particular. I do work for Federal Express, and I will find your house. I'm out. Love. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.